Are you a submissive guy looking for a hot young woman to tell you what a piece of shit you are? If so, I've got just the girl for you. Uh, Today's guest is known as Sierra Lynch. Um, She told me her real name, but honestly, I don't remember it. Wouldn't tell you, even if I did, of course. But uh, anyway, Sierra Lynch is um, C-E-A-R-E. A-L-Y-N-C-H. She's got a website. I recommend that you go to the website, take a look at who we're talking to here, uh, or listening to in this case. Um, It's quite a mind blower to see how she looks and how she comes across on her website compared to the young, very thoughtful, very sweet, um, open-hearted, beautiful young woman you're going to hear me um, uh, stumbling over my words with here for the next hour or so. Uh, Yeah, interesting, very interesting. Just goes to show you uh, the whole thing about books and covers. You can't tell a woman by her website, you know, I guess that's what the lesson there is. Anyway, she's a very interesting woman. Uh, She humiliates men on the internet for a living. Fascinating story of how she got into it. Uh, and what that business is like, um, whether you think of it as therapy or kinky weirdness or, uh, you know, a public service, whatever you think of it, she's thought of it more than you have, more than I have. She's um, extremely thoughtful and uh, does what she does with a lot of intelligence and and grace apparently so uh, i guess she's very successful at it so if you or someone in your life is in need of uh, a good talking to she might just be the person to do it anyway before i get too distracted by the nature of the conversation this week let's do some business this episode is brought to you hey no surprise here right this episode is brought to you by extreme restraints Oh, yeah. Our friends at ExtremeRestraints.com have opened up another special discount period here in honor of today's guest. Starting the minute you hear this for two weeks, there will be 25% off your entire order plus free shipping if you type in August Sex uh, at checkout. That's 25% off. So if you buy four dildos, one of them's free, assuming they're all the same price. Uh, so if you've been thinking like, Hey, I need some more condoms or maybe some massage oil or some lube or whatever. Um, don't mix the massage oil and the condoms, ladies and gentlemen, latex and oil don't mix, but you know, separate things. In any case, if you need some of this sort of stuff, uh, now's a good time to stock up. They send everything in very discreet packaging. Nobody will know what it is. Your postman will not be uh, leering at you in strange ways from now on. It's not like going through the TSA and having them find your vibrator. We've all been there. This ain't that. Uh, Anyway, 25% off, free shipping, discreet packaging. Enter August Sex. Go to ExtremeRestraints.com. Get you that paddle. Get you that crazy sex harness, that strap-on dildo, whatever it is that Dan Savage has you wanting to try, now's your chance to get it for 25% off. Uh, Speaking of genitalia, 
This episode is also brought to you by My Package. That's M-Y-P-A-K-A-G-E dot com. Package without the C. My Package is like a... What, what did I come up with the other day? I said it was a BMW, but and then someone else said I prefer Mercedes. And then we went around. Oh, it's a it's like a bucket seat for your balls. That's that's my branding genius for this week. My package underwear is like a bucket seat for your balls, ladies and gentlemen, and especially gentlemen. So, um, and they've they've they're selling pretty well too. By the way, I haven't received any emails from anyone who any happy customers or anything like that, but. Uh, the folks at my package are quite happy and they're, you know, sending us, um, you know, uh, congratulatory emails and stuff. So I guess you're buying them. So let me know how they are. And in fact, we're starting a new little thing. If you uh, get yourself some my package underwear, send me like tweet me or Facebook or whatever a photo of yourself in the my package underwear uh, then whoever has the coolest photo or description of the underwear or whatever, uh, I'm going to pick one each week and they're going to send you a free pair. So now's your, it's a great opportunity. Get an extra pair of my package underwear. Uh, anyway, when you go to mypackage.com, enter sex at checkout, that lets them know you're coming from us. And, uh, that enters you into, a a thing where you can win a free pair from them as well. So you, there are two ways now that you can win a free pair of underwear. The sex at the sex at checkout thing at the My Package site when you order, and then later when you send us a picture or a description of how wonderful your balls feel in their new bucket seat. Um, you know, I'll uh, I'll pick the winner and we'll send you some underwear. And finally, this episode is brought to you by Ting, the phone service. You may have heard um, from Joe Rogan. I think Duncan has been sponsored by them. You know, they're making the rounds. They're pretty cool. I've been using them for over a year now, I think. Um, Anyway, what's great about them is they charge you just for what you use. So if you uh, don't use your phone for a while or you're using someone else's phone or you're you're out of town, whatever, um, you don't pay anything except six bucks just to keep your number. So let's say you uh, do something crazy and you get busted and you've got to do six months in the slammer. Well, that's just 36 bucks to keep your number while you're in the slammer for six months. So look at it that way. It's sort of prison insurance. Nobody wants to get a new phone number when you've been in prison for six months. Anyway, None of the bullshit the other big companies do to you, like Verizon getting busted for fucking around with bandwidth and all this kind of dastardly stuff. Uh, go to sexatdawn.ting.com. They'll show you how much you're going to spend based on your usage, how much you're going to save. No contract, no hidden fees, no fuckery about. Or How does Rogan say that? No fuckery, fuckery, I don't know, something about fuckery. Anyway, uh, Ting. Now, for all you people who aren't in the United States, I'm sorry. This is boring as shit. You're not going to get Ting. You don't even give a fuck. So, sorry about that. But for the people in the U.S., uh, and you know who you are, check out Ting. They'll check, Ting will also pay 25% to get you out of your existing contract. All right? So, they'll help you break up with your shitty provider, and then you can start saving serious cash with them. Sexadon.ting. Dot com. Without further ado, I think we're just going to go straight to the uh, Sierra Lynch interview. I'm not going to rant at you about anything this week, uh, which will make some of you happy. 
might disappoint a few of you as well, but uh, I'm just not feeling very ranty right now. So um, we're just going to put this thing together and let you listen to the beautiful, intelligent, um, very insightful Sierra Lynch. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Baby, what's the big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm going to die one day. Why do you waste your time? All right, I'm sitting on the front porch with my guest today, uh, Sierra Lynch. Hello. Who is a professional uh, humiliatrix, mm-hmm. a word I had never heard until like three <laughs> nights ago when I met you. It's a uh, fun one. Our mutual friend Peter said, my friend, a humiliatrix is coming by later. And I said, <laughs> what the fuck is that, man? I know, I think he just calls me that now. He doesn't even refer to me by name. The other people are just like, oh, it's the Humiliatrix. <laughs> the Humiliatrix. And, and you're, well, Sierra is your professional name anyway, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. it's, there are different levels of naming going on here. Yeah. Um, so it, just give us a quick rundown of what a Humiliatrix is, if you don't mind. Sure. So a Humiliatrix is like a dominatrix um, in the sense that it is about a female dominant. Um, the difference is, though, that dominatrixes tend to do personal sessions, usually involving, uh, you know, physical whips and chains and that sort of thing. Um, whereas humiliatrixes tend to do everything online. I don't meet anyone. Um, it's a lot of just verbal abuse, a lot of shit talking. Um, yeah, a lot of teasing. I do a lot of cam shows. I do a lot of videos that are just point of view, which means I'm just talking directly at the camera so that the viewer feels like I'm just talking directly to them. And uh, I touch on various fetishes under the umbrella of femdom. So some guys are into feet. Some guys are into cuckolding. Uh, some guys like to have their little dick made fun of. Some guys like to wear diapers. Uh, just a huge range of things I do. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Any laughing I do, please, nobody take it seriously. I, I'm a non-judgmental. I hope no one's taking this seriously. They shouldn't. <laughs> Any of this, right. Well, I, I mean, one of the questions I have is, do you take it seriously? Uh, is there a level on which, I mean, do you get creeped out sometimes? Uh, do I get creeped out? Um, I get creeped out, like, you know, if guys start acting stalkerish, that's creepy. Um, but I'm not creeped out by anything that happens in between someone's ears um i don't think we uh i don't think we choose what we like so we're just kind of stuck with it um and so no none of that creeps me out but as far as how seriously i take it i take it very seriously as a job um i take it very seriously in that respect um i i uh yeah, I, I really see it as a business and a way to make money. And and that's not to say I don't have fun with it. I totally do. Um, it's great. I get to be creative. I get to learn a lot about just weird things that people get off on. These, you know, these desires that, for the most part, you know, they don't tell anyone else about. Um, so it's, it's special and intimate and cool uh, and silly and stupid at the same time. Is there a therapeutic aspect to it? 
I think for some guys, yeah, totally. Especially if like, you know, they're they're in a situation where they're really repressed, maybe like in a marriage or something where they just don't couldn't possibly imagine telling their wives what they like or some guys come from certain cultures where they're, you know, sexually repressed. Um and I think just dealing with submissive men in general, I think it's particularly hard for men to admit that they're submissive. It's kind of I feel like it's kind of a closet, you know, like coming mm. out of the closet sort of thing. Uh, so, so yeah, so guys that, you know, uh, have a hard time with it, but at the same time, um, they're okay with it, I should say. Like, it, it kind of goes both ways. Sometimes it's therapeutic, and other times, you know, guys just really, I get guys that really just don't want to like what they like, and so they're angry about it, and sometimes that anger is directed at me, so... So it's, you know, it depends on how comfortable they are with, um, you know, their fantasies. And so it, it can take a, a, a therapeutic um, uh, reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just depends. And some yeah. guys, I think, are just, you know, looking for an orgasm, too. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like an online peep show in, in some sense. That Yeah. I mean, they're seeing you. You're not seeing. Or I guess you are seeing them sometimes. Um, it Is depends. it a two-way thing? It depends. Um, some of the stuff I do is just totally on the phone, so they don't, you know, we don't see each other at all. It's just kind of like phone sex, but right. a lot of shit talking. Um, but I do cam as well, and it depends on them if they want to be seen. Like I do a lot of uh, Skype sessions, mm. so if they want to turn on their cam, which a lot of them do, a lot of them, you know, being seen as part of what they like, right. and other guys are the opposite; they really don't want to be seen. And um, so yeah, it, it depends on what they. Want. I don't care either way, so I don't, you know, I don't tell them that they need to so but yeah it, it is kind of like a peep show in a sense if they're just looking at me how how often does it get stalker creepy uh not too often luckily <laughs> not too often and i ask because it's inherently it's a power thing going on right mm -hmm. they're they're ostensibly asking to submit to your power and you're right. exercising that power but I know from other parts of life that often when, you know, someone's asking you to be, to wield power over them, you know, the whole top from the bottom syndrome, right. uh, things can flip really quickly, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, as you know, my wife's a psychiatrist and she's extremely wary of patients who are too um, adoring. Mm. because she's seen that those are the ones you have to really watch out for because right. they can get really nasty really quickly with any, you know, small disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I look out for the angry ones. Like, the, there's been a few isolated incidences where things got stalkery, and it was from guys that just, I think, just really had a hard time with their desires and, and what they liked and they were mad at me for it, almost like I was doing it to them. Right. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't seek anyone out. Everyone comes to me. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of what I look out for. I get, I get the puppy dogs. I get the adoring guys. Um, and, you know, by and large, they're, they're harmless. But. Do you no, – you talked the other night. I don't remember if, if we were on the mic or if this was after we stopped. We talked a little bit about how you got into this initially, which mm -hmm. was a long time. You're in your mid-20s now. I'm 27. And you've been doing this for seven years, was it? Uh, ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? I don't, I don't want to sure. you know, do anything that's identifying or uh, you know, put no, you no. at any risk. It's, it's a good story. I started out, um, well, if you want to back up even further, uh, 
I've always kind of been interested in sexuality and people's fetishes. Like, I've been reading Dan Savage since I was, like, 14, and I remember the first column I read of his was uh, just about some guy that, like, jerked off to plants or just something off the wall like that, and I was so intrigued. And and so I always kind of had an appreciation for uh, just what makes people tick, especially men. And so when I was about... 17, I was living in Japan as an exchange student, and this guy online started talking to me, and he found me on just a normal social networking site, and he was, you know, a total pervert. He was into, like, getting peed on, and um, uh, he liked pantyhose, and he would talk to me about that sort of thing, and I was, like, intrigued, but kind of, like, disgusted in him at the same time, so I was, like, I didn't block him, but I was kind of mean to him. Mm. And I didn't get it at the time, but of course it's very obvious to me now. The meaner I was to him, the more he wanted to talk to me. Was this a Japanese guy? No, it was, um, he was an American, I think. Yeah. He's white, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's odd that I was like in Japan at the time, but I, I really didn't learn any of this. I know they have their own little quirky uh, sex culture there, but unfortunately I didn't see much of it. But anyways, so this guy really wanted to meet me, but I wasn't going to meet him, and so he told me one day that my piss should be bottled and sold. And so I was like, well, fine, buy it. And then thinking he was bluffing. So he's like, okay, I will. And he bought a 12-ounce bottle of my urine for $250. And I was just blown away by it. I was like, oh, my God, like, there has to be more guys like this out there. This guy just found me. Like, what happens if I go out looking for these guys? And so I did, I kind of did some search and I, I heard of like girls being able to sell their panties. So I was like, well, how do they do that? And so I did some research and I found a website where I could uh, auction off my panties or my socks or anything really, like clips of my hair, my clipped toenails or use Kleenex. Quite the little entrepreneur, weren't you? Yeah, wow. yeah. And, uh, and I just found that site and I started selling off there and... I, I wasn't really, like, femdom at the very beginning. I was kind of just did the whole sweet girl-next-door approach. And then, you know, after kind of looking around at what other girls were doing, I, I uh, learned about financial domination, which was this, like, subset of, of uh, BDSM and femdom where guys get off on just giving a woman their money. It's also known as marriage. <laughs> boom, boom. Ding. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, so was, which is like, I think that's every girl's wet dream right there. Financial domination. Holy shit. So I was like, oh, I got to get in on this. And it was basically, there weren't a lot of girls doing it at the time that I saw. But what I saw were these girls that really didn't do much of anything. Like a lot of them had phone lines. They might sell their panties here and there. But most of them just had a blog, and they were just these stuck-up, bratty, princess-type girls. Very vapid, very shallow, like like Paris Hilton types. And they're just like, fuck you, give me money. And there were guys that were just falling all over themselves for these girls giving them money. And they would just show, like, pictures of these guys and, like, reports and just like, oh, look at fucking... Dr. Smallballs over here, he gave me $200, haha. And, uh, so like, this is awesome. This, this is just brilliant. And so I, I got in on that. I started some phone lines. I, I do, like, you know, permanent talking to guys. And then from there, started doing cam. And then um, a few years into it, uh, 
all the girls started doing videos. That was kind of the new thing, these, like, point-of-view videos. So so now that's kind of my bread and butter. That's where I make most of my money. Um, but I still do all of it. I still do phone. I still do cam. I still sell things here and there. Is it, like, your your business, or do you have partners who handle all the oh, tech it's, stuff? Oh, it's or? totally mine. I It's, uh, you know, I, I hire an accountant. I recently hired an editor for my videos just last year, which is really nice. It's taken a lot of time off my hands um but yeah it's it's totally my business I, I have another girl um who does the same thing I do she's she's a bit older than me she's like 10 years older than me so she's kind of transitioning out of it but um but occasionally we work together and we hire girls and do fetish videos with them but that's kind of a separate thing I have with her Sarah Lynch is is all me does your family know you do this mm-hmm. yeah did yeah. they know from the get-go, or did you break them in later? Oh, I had to break them in a little bit later. Um, it started getting kind of obvious, because I was, you know, I bought myself, you know, a decent car, and I was starting to, <laughs> you know, I just had a nice apartment, and, right. and I was telling them, like, oh, I work at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, Good tips. Uh, yeah. Tips. And it's funny, because um, I could probably have gotten away with that with my mom for a while, because she's... She's a very private person and doesn't really like to talk about things that makes her uncomfortable. And, but my dad is the opposite. He will always acknowledge the elephant in the room. Mm. And so he knew I was up to something. And he thought maybe I was, like, stripping or maybe doing, like, real hardcore porn or stuff like that. And and he would just, we'd get together and he would joke, like, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I got this nice car. And he's like, wow, Starbucks is really paying you a lot. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then one time he like pulled me aside and he was just like, you know, I, I don't know what you're doing and maybe I don't want to know, but I just want you know, I just want you to be happy and I want you to be safe. And, and I was like, oh my God, I just need to tell him because he thinks it's worse than it is. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I was just like, I broke it down to him. I was like, I basically sit online and I berate men on the internet for a living. And he's just like, really? Really? <laughs> and then more I get into it, he's like, Really? And he's just like, gosh, the older I get, the less I know, is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. And so after Words I told him. Words of a him, wise man right there. <laughs> and he's just like, and after that, he just thought it was brilliant. He just thought it was great. And he's, you know, he, he, he tells everyone that he has a genius daughter. And <laughs> <laughs> so he's cool with it. And then shortly after that, I, I decided to tell my mom. And, uh, you know, she she's like, she didn't quite have the most positive reaction to it but it wasn't bad either it was just i think she was maybe just concerned about you know getting stalkers or you know just that i was safe but um but she's never ashamed me for it never made me feel bad about it well how do you feel what what would be a legitimate concern for someone to have about someone like you doing this work because here's what i'm thinking Uh uh-huh you don't come across at all as the bitchy, you know, nasty, undercutting. You uh-huh. don't seem like that kind of person to me. Now, maybe this is an act. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I mean, you're in character now, too. I mean, I have to keep that in mind. Because I was thinking, when I was thinking about this conversation, I thought of some questions. And then I thought, well, that's not really fair to ask her because some of her clients could be listening to this. Uh-huh. So I don't want to undercut mm-hmm. your persona. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, from your perspective, you have to. I imagine when you're doing anything like this that's public, if you are too authentic, wouldn't that kind of mess up the gig? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's something I'm becoming less concerned with um, as I do this. 
like I'm, I, I, I seem to make like more and more money each year and do better and better. And I feel like I'm at a point where um, I, I'm more willing to kind of open up and um, say what I really think about things. Uh, like at the beginning, I was just like, it was like black and white. Like there was, you know, this was my persona online and I wouldn't want any of my customers to know anything about who I really am. And, you know, as time goes by, it kind of, it blended more and, um, you know, now I, I like opening up and I think it actually, um, sets me apart a little bit. Um, I'm sure a lot of guys are turned off by it. I'm sure a lot of guys, you know, don't like me to do it, but there seems to be a lot that actually do really like it and find it pretty refreshing. So. And also in a funny sort of way, the guys who don't like it, fuck them. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Maybe so, they like not liking it. Well, here's the funny story. So I wrote a blog entry recently that was actually a huge boner killer. It was, it it was the title was like the product of your fantasies and it was basically me writing about how the reason I'm good at what I do is not because I actually get off on this it's because I've just talked to so many fucking guys at this point that you know there's certain patterns that arise and I you know they're they're not as unique of um fantasies as you might think they are I mean they're pretty weird at first but after a while it's like you kind of get the idea um and I had this guy comment, and he was like, oh, this is really disappointing. I guess, you know, maybe I'll still buy your videos, but I really thought that, you know, you really just got off on your power and, you know, inflicting this evil on men and all this. And, you know, you're, you've just really changed in my eyes. And then literally within an hour of him writing that comment on my blog, he bought two items off my wish list. Uh, he sent me, like hundred dollar tribute like money and then he emailed me begging me to make like six hundred dollars worth of custom videos <laughs> so he had this reaction but at the same time i, I got under his skin and uh he's still giving me money so so back to the the earlier question what are there legitimate concerns are there legitimate dangers that you would have if a friend or a sister or somebody that you were close to got into this you know i just be careful like like anything be careful about you know, you, you don't want to be posting your address. You don't, you know, you want to keep a level of privacy so people can't track you down. Right. Um, but what about on a on a psychological level, on personality? How does mm-hmm. it shape you to have spent ten years mm-hmm. pretending to be this person? Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever hear yourself? You know how how parents say like, oh, sometimes I yell at my kid and I hear my mother mm-hmm. in my voice. Mm-hmm. You ever like have an argument with? Uh, uh, I don't know if you're gay or straight or mm-hmm. what, but with the partner or whatever, and hear your, like, you know, Sierra <laughs> Lynch coming out? No, I hear her coming out when I've been drinking, though. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's usually when it comes out. Mm. Um, yeah, I get a little sauced and I get kind of bossy. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as getting mad, no, not really, because... Um, because what I do doesn't come from a place of anger, you know? Mm. Guys are doing it because they actually like it. They actually get off on it. So if I'm angry at them, really what I want to do is just block them, you know, or ignore them. Because that's, that's really mean, you know? That hurts. Yeah. So, um, no, I, it, it, I don't really don't think it's affected me in that way. Um, I've seen it with some other girls in the industry. By and large, um, I, you know, I've met some really 
fucking cool people in this line of work and and have, you know how do you meet them um well i find them online you know it's easy to see like what girls are doing the same mm. thing and then there's conventions there's like fetish con oh, right. and then uh avn in january and that's baby. right i saw a picture on your site you were at avn yeah yeah, yeah. so and then you know and, and then you kind of figure out where people live and i have a really good friend who's dominatrix uh mistress t who lives up in uh, vancouver bc and so it's not too far you know we'll visit each other once in a while right um and and by and large uh they're really like down to earth women like yeah. we, we're able to just you know shoot the shit and you know we can talk shop in a way that like you know we're, you can tell we're not taking it that seriously it's it's kind of a big joke in a way you know you ever met um, mistress matisse in seattle no no i know who you're talking about though i follow her on twitter She's she's a friend of Dan Savage's. Yeah, they they were actually roommates, I think, oh, or, really? or housemates way back in the day when Dan was a, a drag queen. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, I met her when I was up there. She had me on her podcast, I think, and uh, I didn't realize she had a podcast. Yeah, well, maybe it, I don't know if maybe it was an article she was writing for something. It was like four years ago. I don't I don't rem- I remember it was raining and we were sitting in her car, mm-hmm. and she's super hot. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I remember. Yeah, she's a babe. <laughs> I'd like to meet her. I follow her on Twitter. She's really smart. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. Very cool smart. Chick. So, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, so, it, so where I was going with that is, is, is by and large, like, the women I've met in this industry, at least the ones I've made friends with, are, you know, just really down-to-earth women. Um, but I have seen a few that let this go to their heads, in a yeah. sense, or they really do take it seriously. And um, it's funny, like, to see... I mean, you, you think getting a bunch of women together in general is, is an interesting thing to watch, you know, just with, you know, some cattiness that, you know, often arises. You get a bunch of women who think they're dominant women together. It could be even more interesting. Um, Are most of these women, do you think, in, innately dominant? Or is it, like, it sounds to me like you just stumbled into this thing and it's almost like your personality was leading you... To, it, it sounded to me the way you described it like mm-hmm. what was triggered in your personality was a cleverness like mm-hmm. hey there's a market here let's figure yeah. out what this market is this guy's doing it other guys must be doing it how mm-hmm. much can I charge how much and like yeah. a, an entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. as opposed to like oh, I love giving guys shit and someone will pay <laughs> me for it you know? right right um, it's a lot, it's a mixture of both I think a lot of girls stumbled into it the way I did um, uh, others yeah, I think, like, I have a friend, um, she goes by Alexandra Snow, she's fucking cool. Um, she, like, if you were to meet her and you didn't know she was a dominatrix, you would totally guess she was a dominatrix, because she just, like, just the way she, like, carries herself, she's just, like, she's really, she's a nice person, but, like, she's just no-nonsense, like, Mm. you can just tell right away, like, don't fuck with her. Um, and yeah, she's just kind of always had that in her, like was always into like being dominant and kind of had a type A personality too. So just like, I don't know, liked correcting people, I guess. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's, it's a little of both, but I think when it comes to like financial domination and stuff like that, yeah, I think a lot of girls just like stumbled across it online and it, it you know, it's kind of like too good to be true yeah it's yeah. hard to say no to yeah it's, i mean i'll do it yeah you, you know anybody who wants to get dominated by old straight guys <laughs> hook me up huh yeah i'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> don't hold your breath though <laughs> uh so i i just want to read a little thing here from your webs your website okay um oh no actually would you read it uh sure let me see it, it's your your welcome 
my welcome. Oh gosh, I wrote this a long ass time ago. This must be from my night flirt page. Uh, which is which is where I do phone lines. Okay, I'm not really good at reading things out loud. Oh, uh, you want me to read it? Um, yeah, yeah, I think you should read it. Read your it. voice is so much sexier, though. <laughs> I want to hear you read it. Uh, welcome, my name is Princess Sierra, and I'll be taking your money tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Uh-huh. I know all about how you losers sit at home searching the internet for a mean, selfish girl like myself to worship and tell all your disgusting secrets to. So tell me all about it, pig. I'm always up for a good laugh. Ha ha ha. I accept calls from losers, pay pigs, money slaves, foot freaks, abuse sponges, blackmail junkies, cuckolds, humiliation sluts, mini dicks, sissy boys, and basically any other pathetic soul that knows his place under my lovely feet. <laughs> All the mys, everything referring to you is capitalized, mm-hmm. like like God, like, yeah, God goddess. style. You're a goddess. Uh, check out my listings and start worshiping what you can never have. My obscene per minute rate. <laughs> Pay my per- obscene per minute rate just to watch my cam while I laugh at you. Are you getting excited yet, pencil dick? Thought so. Once you're hooked, stop by my website and unload even more of your wallet to me. You don't really deserve all that money anyway. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost Marxist. It's, <laughs> I like that, yeah. You know? Hey, money. Redistribution of wealth and yeah, all that. all to me. So has this... Uh, do you think your opinion of men has suffered because of 10 years of uh, <laughs> constant... Um, I don't think so, to be honest. Um, maybe it has, though. I don't really know, like, what to compare it to, because this is, you know, the life I've led. And um, but I mean, when you meet a guy, like, you know, all right, here you are talking to me. You hardly <laughs> know me. Are you secretly thinking, oh, he's a pervert? He's into the same stuff the rest of the No, are. definitely not. I don't, like, I, I don't think that all guys are into this, because if that were the case, then, you know, Pornhub would be littered with videos like this rather oh, than that's a good point. you know yeah, or like it's pretty it, specialized isn't it yeah it's definitely niche or like you look at um different twitters and and girls that do porn you know they have just up to like quarter million worth of followers and i have like nineteen thousand, which is which is good for like a fetish girl but you know oh you, you're gonna get the the ryan bump here awesome oh Can't yeah wait. <laughs> yeah definitely so I, I i definitely like a, a lot of guys get really paranoid about that that i've I've interacted with when I tell them what they do, they're, they're like, I'm not into that. You know, I was like, I, I didn't think you were, um, <laughs> but, you <laughs> but now still... I've got a skeptical. Right. Don't protest too much. You can still pay for my drink. Yeah. <laughs> Loser. Pencil dick. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I like men. I, you know, so I, I don't think it's really, uh, damaged my opinion of them. You ever have any women clients? Um, not really. Um, I have a lot of, not a lot, but sometimes men will pretend to be a woman. Um, but that's always very obvious to me. It's always just like, uh, I caught my husband looking at your videos. How should I punish him? Or, you know, just overly sexual words. Like a woman wouldn't write this, but there was one that I, I do think it really is a, a woman, mostly because she doesn't make a big deal over the fact that she's a woman. And she, buys custom videos for her boyfriend and her boyfriend has a this really unusual kink where the videos are me role-playing as a sister and I'm talking to my brother who is like I don't know in his teens or something and he just got a circumcision 
And it's me making fun of the fact that he just got this circumcision and he can't masturbate for six months and, oh, it must hurt so bad. And I'm just being this little bratty sister. And she's ordered just different variations of this concept. And, you know, I've, I've written to her a couple times. I'm like, you know, you are probably the first woman who's ever written to me where I actually believe you're a woman. But I got to ask, you know, can, can you send me like a screenshot? Like, I don't have to see your face, but just like something of you holding up a sign. Just just reassure just because I'm curious. And and she said she would. But um, but then I don't know. We dropped the ball on that. But so, yeah, no, it, it, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely the vast majority of them are men, though. Do people send you scripts, or how yeah. specific do they want? Yeah, yeah. Um, I ask when guys order custom videos, I just ask them to narrow it down to, like, a paragraph. Mm. Uh, some guys will get, like, really detailed, and if it's too long, I'll just, like, I'll see that it's too long of an email without reading it, and I'll write them back, and I will charge them a reading fee. I'm <laughs> like, I, you have to pay me just to read this. Or you can condense it down, but... Uh, would you be my agent? <laughs> Really, I need a manager. I get these. I get these emails from people, like you know, fifteen-page emails, like, yeah. "Hey, dude, just take a look at this. You know, it's gonna, you're gonna love it. You know, yeah. use it for your next book." Like, really? How yeah. much time do people think we have? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I can. Yeah, I get away with charging for anything. That doesn't mean they'll necessarily always pay for it. But now, uh, aren't you, aren't you ever afraid that that this stuff's going to seep into your personality and you're going to turn into Paris Hilton or something? <laughs> like, just like, what, what do you mean I have to pay? I don't pay. <laughs> the world is my oyster. Um, I, I don't think that's been the case for me. Um, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I really don't think that I am superior to anyone intrinsically because I'm a woman. Um, and I've been doing it long enough that I feel like if that were to happen, it would have happened already. Mm. But, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think anyone owes me anything. But apparently there are a group of men who feel that they do owe a beautiful woman something. So who am I to turn that down? Yeah, well, these sorts of things. And I went through a period in my life when I was um, single, and I seemed to be meeting a lot of women who, um, how to say this, uh, they the deepest expression of their eroticism was to offer themselves mm -hmm. like everything mm -hmm. like you know you want my bank account here's my bank number if you know mm -hmm. like insane levels of vulnerability wow and the expression of vulnerability for them was uh kind of an expression of love or mm -hmm. desire or something like that i don't know but i remember being really uh frightened for them yeah, that's intense. Yeah, because, you know, it's like I would never, you know, I was a safe person. And, of course, on some level they had decided they would only entrust me with this level of, of vulnerability because they'd already decided that I wasn't going to abuse them with it, right? Mm -hmm. But, my God, if I mean, these, some of these people had children, you know, mm -hmm. and, like, if I wanted to clear out the bank account and be gone the next day, I could have. Yeah. And there are a lot of guys out there who would have. Right. You know? So I, I don't know what I'm saying. I, I guess I'm just saying that the what you're dealing with with men, I uh -huh. think that same hunger exists in women. Yeah. Not expressed in as fetishistic a way, uh -huh. but the, the desire to uh, surrender... Certainly to surrender control. I don't yeah. know about the humiliation aspect of right. it. Right. But um, just that gesture. Although I did have a woman once who, who wanted me to burn her. Whoa, really? With cigarettes. Like, yeah. 
that was that was too much. That yeah. was a bridge too far yeah, for me. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, she was Moroccan. She was from a very wealthy Moroccan family and this was a long time ago. This was in the early nineties in Barcelona I met her. She was from this wealthy Moroccan family and we were together for a while before it got that intense. But um yeah, she and she used to talk about how if we got married we'd have a palace in Morocco and hmm. Can you imagine me in a palace in Morocco? <laughs> burning some woman with cigarettes. <laughs> burning myself with the Moroccan sun. I mean, come on. I don't even go to the fucking beach. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's that smell? Oh, that's the burning princess. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Anyway, so, you, you know, you've you said a couple of times we don't choose what we want or we don't choose what we're turned on by. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's... A blanket statement or do you think that that's particularly men yeah I do think that's particularly men um, from the research I've read in terms of like sexuality and how it's you know how it comes about which there isn't much out there in general but um, it, it seems like men are pretty hardwired like once once they are introduced to you know something that gets set into them, which I, I think I've read, like, there's kind of a sensitive period around the age of nine, you know. And, uh, you know, once that gets set in, it's it seems to be irreversible. Um, it's just, you know, I, I, it, it, women are a little bit more flexible, a little bit more fluid. But, yeah, men seem to be really hardwired. And, and yeah, I, I I think that is the case, especially dealing with you know the guys that I deal with. They're they're into some pretty weird stuff, and I think if they could not be into it, a lot of them would choose not to. Mm. So, do you feel? Um, well, have there been? I, I, I'm sure you have limits, right? It, mm-hmm. it, what sort of request would you say no to? Um, let's see. I mean, for example, is, are people asking you to pretend you're, um, you know, a little girl that they're going to sexually abuse? Um, well, that would put me in a place where I wouldn't be dominant. So oh, that's I true. always yeah. I'm either dominant or neutral. Um, Although the Lolita, you ever read Lolita? I've read a long time ago. I read maybe like the first third of it. It might be an interesting book for you to read. I'd love yeah. to like do a book club with you and Lolita because that's about a girl. Mm-hmm. I think she's like thirteen or something, yeah. and an adult man. Yeah, but she's clearly dominant. Mm. I'll, yeah, I'll have to read that again because I, I started it a while ago and I liked it, but I never finished it. It's on my bookshelf. Um. But so, yeah, so I'm always dominant, so I'm not going to be in any, I'm not going to take any requests where I appear submissive. Um, But for the most part, you know, I I, I don't think that, you know, fantasies are intrinsically damaging. So I'm open to just about anything. Hmm. Um, I don't like to involve other people that aren't consenting. I think I mentioned this before, like, you know, these guys, you know, they get off on being exposed and humiliated will sometimes like send me a picture and ask me to send it to their old girlfriend or something. And, and I think that's a violation. So I I don't do that. Um, What's a blackmail junkie? A blackmail. So a blackmail is a fetish. Um, It's actually a really big one, um, a really popular one um, in my world, at least. Uh, Guys will, um, send me their personal information. Um, it's usually fake, but with the idea that I blackmail them with them. And, um, you know, I, I, 
I tell them that, you know, they have to send me X amount of dollars every week or else I'm going to, you know, tell their wife that whatever, that I have this picture of them wearing her panties or something like that. Um, I made a video one time. It was called Interactive Blackmail, and it was insanely popular. It's probably my best-selling video of all time. And it was a video of me. Basically, I, at the beginning, I told the guy to open up his um, inbox and create an email and send it to me um, without pushing send. Just, like, set it all up. And I was like, write down all your personal information. Write down your phone number. Attach a picture of yourself. Tell me your most embarrassing secret. And just leave it there for the rest of the clip. And then the rest of the video, I tease him, I get him all worked up, and then, you know, at the very end, I'm, like, getting him to the edge, and then I say, I'm going to count you down to orgasm, but here's the deal. When I, when I count, when I get to one, you have to click send or you can't come. And so I count him down from ten to one, and I tell him to send, and then if he does, he's allowed to come, and if he doesn't, he gets blue balls the rest of the day. Um, and from this video, I received hundreds of emails of just people's social security number, people's phone number, like, and, and like I said, I think a lot of it is fake, but, but people, a lot of guys really have this fantasy of, of, of that level of, you know, control. And I'm not sure how much of it is fake, because if you think about it, why is he doing it? He's doing it because it turns him on. Mm -hmm. And if he's giving you fake information, that's not going to turn him on. Right, right. Well, that's, that's the tricky thing about the, that fetish, because, you know, it's, it's, really hot to them when they're when their dick is hard and then when they come they're just like fuck no you know? <laughs> <laughs> what did i do exactly it's so, every man's had that thought believe yeah me. yeah men are very different people before and after they come so oh there's uh, an insight Let, <laughs> let's not just roll past that Let, let's stick with that one for a minute do you okay. think do you think there's a a similar thing with women no <laughs> i yeah, don't really. i don't either i think that's a fundamental difference between men and women yeah what's what's that louis ck bit where he's like you know he's just talking about women's sexuality he's like women can just decide to stop having sex with their minds you know <laughs> and that's true it's like we can easily you know we can still kind of think rationally and and i think men are very clearly there's some cognitive impairments when they're turned on yeah yeah well, your priorities shift completely. Yeah, exactly. You know, where when you're turned on, it's like what's important is so important. And then the second you come, it's over. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. And now you're back to normal you. It's like a Mr. Jekyll, Dr. Hyde or yeah. Dr. whatever. It's it's a really uh, bizarre thing. It really yeah. is, especially like being a woman and not experiencing that but seeing it like mm. yeah it's it, it i remember it was something very confusing to me early in my sex life just like wait what like <laughs> where'd you go yeah where'd he go <laughs> well there's also i mean maybe a, a, a sort of similar thing is the whole sort of pms you know hormonal changes whether it's necessarily pms or you know whatever i mean i remember as a kid like every once in a while i my mother would just be crazy mm. you know and mm -hmm. I didn't know why, but I knew I, I got to the point where I could see like, oh, today she's crazy. Like before she says anything, does anything, mm -hmm. it's a crazy day, right. you know, and I just need to get the hell out of here. Right. And I've recognized that same thing with other women over the years. Um, so maybe it's like that. We both have our, our 
temporary insanities, yeah. but they're different. They're modulated differently. Yeah, or, no, that's very true. It's like, because a lot of these guys, they'll be talking to me and they'll just be like, oh, I want to give you all my money. I want to devote my life to you. I'm going to send you all this, blah, blah, blah. Like all these promises that it's like, you know, it, it, when you first start out doing this, it's like, oh, awesome. And then you quickly realize you can't take anything they say seriously when they're in that state of arousal. Right. Yeah. Do you get guys saying they love you a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I love you. I worship you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do anything for you. Oy. So now I'm thinking you're getting all these emails from guys with their social security number, their uh, mm-hmm. bank accounts, their whatever, their most embarrassing, humiliating experience. What if your email got hacked? Oh, I never thought about that. I mean, NSA, they, they hack into your email. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. Well, what would NSA do? Oh, my God. Well, they could blackmail all those guys. Or some Russian teenager. You know what I mean? Some Russian teenager shows up, you know, you know, (laughs) sends you an email like, hey, here's your social security number, your age, your full name, your bank account, where you work, and what you did to the dog when you were 14. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Gosh, I never thought about that, to be honest. Um, I. I mean, I guess I can't say this for sure, but I I really do get the impression a lot of the information was fake. Like, going back to what we were saying before, like, yeah, you know, these guys get really stupid and worked up, but, um, but I think, I don't know, I think, I think it does kind of work for some of them. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't claim to know what's going on in their heads, but, um... Yeah. A, a lot of them will give me just partial information, too. Something, like, I really can't do anything with. Like, I've, I've had um, conversations where, you know, they, they really want me to seduce information bit by bit. So they'll give me, like, the first four numbers of their credit card, and then I'm supposed to, like, seduce the rest mm. of it out. So. Do you have, uh, you have any sort of safe word? Um, No. So how do you know? So let's say I'm your client. I send you this information. Uh-huh. You say you better send me a thousand dollars every month, and I write back and say, "No, I can't. I, I, right. I, I can only give you a hundred. How do you know if that's me saying, "Ooh, make me send a thousand," right, right, or if that's me saying, "I don't have any fucking money." Well, how I do the blackmail thing is, I mean, because I've learned that most of these guys are just sending me fake information, or or what they'll do is they'll send me information in lieu of payment they'll be like oh i don't need to pay you now because you have this information and you have me by the balls right now and and to me that's like okay you're trying to get something out of me for free so what i do is i have them pay up front for a session um for a certain allotted amount of time and they can send me you know I'll, i'll get their information out of them and i just threaten them basically i don't go through with anything and once the session is over, it's over. I'm done. They're they're dead to me until they pay me more money, pretty much. So that that's kind of that's how I do it, basically. Mm. Yeah. And I I don't tend to do one on one sessions like that in general, just because most of the guys are just trying to get something for nothing. They're trying to give me information in lieu of payment. Um, I mostly just play around with that uh, fetish through my videos. Right. That seems to be the way to go. They sell really well for me. God, if I if I were, you know, taking you out on a date, I would definitely make you pay. <laughs> I don't mind paying. I, I I try to actually pay for bills all the time because yeah. uh, <laughs> I tend to make more money than the people I know. So. <laughs> but I would do it even not even thinking about numbers. I would do it just to like 
just to fuck with my head. Well, just just to like <laughs> declare I am not one of those guys. You know, don't even start to think I'm well, one of those guys. Well, here's the funny thing. Uh, when I go out, actually, I I have a few guys, and and this is usually kind of a, a cuckolding thing, um, where if I go out on a date with a guy. I take a picture of the receipt and I send it to them and they reimburse me for it. So I'm able to take people out mm. that way, which is kind of fun. You ever have a guy who participated in your thing? Like you could take a picture of the two of you having sex or something because that would freak, freak <laughs> clients out? Um, nothing quite that intimate. But I've, um, like I've gone, like recently I, I went out uh, on this little weekend trip with um, this guy I'm seeing and I had um, one of my online cuckolds pay for the cabin, and so I took pictures of, like, the bed and, like, the cabin and, like, our dinner later and stuff like that. So really pretty fucking boring pictures to anyone that's not into that sort of thing, but he loved it, so. What what the guy think? You're that was, oh, he thought it was great. Dead. That was yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah cool. it's cool. It's like seeing a married woman whose husband pays for the date. Like, hey, <laughs> I've been in that situation. Yeah. With a cuckold. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he used to, we'd get together, He'd uh, three of us would go out to dinner uh-huh. and, um, you know, talk about how beautiful his wife was, and then... Uh, and then we go back to their place. He'd go to a bar. He paid for dinner always. Uh-huh. That was part of the thing. And yeah. then he'd go to the bar, and she and I would hang out. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's really great. <laughs> was he like? Did he? Did he kind of get off on being humiliated? Yeah, by it? yeah, okay. yeah. Sense. He would. In fact, I should put him in touch with you because um, uh-huh. that's really his thing. And I wasn't. N- neither she nor I were really willing to go into that kind of stuff. You yeah. Know? Um. And I knew her before they ever got married. So with, between the two of us, it was more just an ongoing thing. And like, right. oh, it's cool to keep, you know, seeing you even though you're married now because actually he's into it. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, you know, he wanted to watch and he mm-hmm. wanted, you know, be called names and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, that would be, you know, that would be more like the three of us being sexual together, right. which oh, I yeah. wasn't into. Yeah, you know? yeah. I feel bad about that. I, I'm I'm relatively limited sexually. People, mm-hmm. you know, probably think I'm not, but I'm like hyper hetero. That's but I mean that's pretty advanced sexual activity. Well, I mean within my limits, skies, you know, whatever. Mm. I'm I'm fine, but I do have like there's certain, I guess like deep but not broad. I guess is maybe how I okay. would describe my sexual experiences and all mm. that. Yeah, because I've definitely had a lot, and I'm very comfortable. When I'm comfortable, I'm completely comfortable. Mm-hmm. And and even when I'm not comfortable, I'm not judgmental at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've got really good gay friends, and mm-hmm. I'm you know, I love it when they tell me stories. You know, we share all our our adventures and stuff, and it, it, that's fantastic. But it's just zero possibility that I would participate in that. Right. You know? Right. Which, in a way, makes makes me more comfortable, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. it's not... I think the people who are uncomfortable are the people who aren't really sure where they fall and right. what they're into, and they're afraid they're going to, like, slip up and, you know... Right. Oh, they, Catch the gay. I got the gay in me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, thinking about, about people who aren't real clear on where they are, do you have any sort of insights into these situations, like the Anthony Weiner thing? Like, was he trying... To get caught, you know what I'm talking about, oh, with the dick pics yeah. and all. 
you know, these senators who take pictures of themselves in the mirror and email it to a stranger. Right. Are they that dumb? Um, I think that just goes back to men in general are kind of dumb when they're horny. You just you kind of make stupid decisions. And in this day and age, it's so easy to take a picture and it ending up online. Yeah. You know? Do, do you remember the Anthony Vitter situation? Uh-uh. He's a senator from Louisiana, and he's still in the Senate. But uh, there was a, a situation in Washington, D.C., maybe 10 years ago, where uh, a madam um, got busted, and they had the, she had a little book with mm-hmm. all these phone numbers in it, and mm-hmm. they traced the phone numbers. And um, so Anthony Vitter was one of them, and mm-hmm. then all this stuff came out. I think she was... She was trying to play some of the information she had to get out of the prosecution. Mm-hmm. And... You mean play it how? Well, like, senators are going down if you guys throw me in prison. Oh, I see. You know? And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a rough situation. I don't remember what her name was, but... Uh, well, the Anthony Vitter thing was that the the leak came out that he was his thing was to be um, to wear diapers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and be a baby and yeah. mommy spanking him and you know mm-hmm. scolding him because he peed in his diapers again. Right, right? Right. This is a fucking sitting senator, mm. and uh, he's still in the Senate. Far right religious. Oh, oh not oh. so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm not against him because of his hang up or his fetish or whatever. I'm against him because he's the kind of asshole who says, you know, abortion should be right, illegal, right. gays can't marry, all that shit, right? Sure. And, you know, he had the tearful press conference with his wife who stands by him and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, what happened to the, the madam? She was visiting family in Florida. She lost all her money paying, you know, paying all these lawyers. She was living in the guest house behind her cousin's house or something and uh, was found hanged. Holy shit. They called it suicide. Whoa. I don't know that that was suicide. Yeah. Doesn't seem like suicide to me. She was planning to mount a vigorous defense. She'd spent all her money hiring this legal team. And before her court date comes up, she hangs herself. Yeah, that looks suspicious. Wow. Yeah. Apparently Dick Cheney was in that book as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Some really powerful people. So huh. that's what happens. Oh, you know? I'll have to look into that. I haven't heard that story. Yeah, I'll put up a link, uh, or I'll send you a link to it. So you think that these situations with Anthony Weiner and that, that's just normal male stupidity? Yeah, yeah, I kind of do. Because he did have a hard-on at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's what I think it comes down to. And I also think, like, people shouldn't lose their job for that sort of thing. They're, it's not hurting anyone, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dick pics are funny how it's become this big deal and, like, kids Mm -hmm. you know sexting Mm -hmm. are getting busted for child abuse child pornography it's like wait that's my 13 year old dick like how am i abusing anybody here it's crazy really need to catch up to the internet in a lot of ways oh my god yeah well also you know you you said earlier something about how uh i don't remember how you phrased it but i think you said like a fetish isn't inherently damaging and you know and um and I completely agree with that. But there are people in jail in the United States right now uh-huh. for thinking the wrong thing. Right. There's a guy in Ohio who was on probation for some something, a robbery or some run-of-the-mill crime. And uh, he had a journal. And he was writing in his journal the sexual fantasies that involve children. Mm-hmm. His mother read the journal, 
called the cops. And he went to, back to prison yeah. because you're not allowed to depict in any way any sexual scene that involves children. Oh, my God. That's so ridiculous. it's a fucking thought crime. It is. Yeah, that's bullshit. Especially, yeah, if he's not harmed any kids. I mean, yeah, that's one of those things like I, I, you, you don't get to choose what you like and unfortunately there's people that are attracted to children and if they think that they're going to be thrown in jail just for writing something down well they're never going to get the help they need well that's the truth and and in a lot of states i'm not sure if this is a federal law or state law but i know that in plenty of states including california if a client mentions to a therapist that they're attracted to children the therapist by law must call the police oh that's a big mistake yeah i mean yeah we we need to separate you know pedophiles from child molesters because there's a difference very good point yeah Yeah. most people don't know that including myself i i said something about a pedophile on twitter not too long ago and somebody wrote to to point out to me that a pedophile is attracted to children a pederast has sex with children Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, child molester, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, there's a difference. And being attracted to children is not criminal, or at least it sure as fuck shouldn't be. Right. Because I don't know if, you, if you're referring to the same research. There's a Canadian uh, sex researcher who argues quite convincingly that uh, pedophilia is a sexual orientation. Right, yeah. So it's n- no more a choice than being gay is. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, and if that's the case, which it seems to be, like, yeah, we need to handle that differently because there's, you know, it's a big burden to carry. Especially. Do you ever get, um, uh, like, adolescent boys contacting you? Not that I know of. There's been a few times. It's 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 kind of funny. The, the few times it's happened, they admitted to it right away. They'd be like, I'm 16. Is that okay? And it's, like, blocked immediately. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's not. I'll take that as a no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, although, I mean, getting back to the therapeutic aspect of this whole thing, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, my wife Casilda often says she'd rather, as a psychiatrist, counselor, therapist, whatever, she says, I'd rather work with young people to help them avoid problems Mm -hmm. than older people to help them try to solve them. Mm. You know, it's so much easier and you you do so much more good. Right, prevention's easier than cure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's I mean, if this were a... A different kind of society there there would be a place for for women online to uh you know to help adolescent boys not develop all all this kind of strange mm-hmm. i'm not saying your clients your a lot of your clients it sounds like you know it's that developmental window around nine that you mentioned and mm-hmm. yeah that's that's like baked in the cake if, after that point but i think a lot of um Maybe not fetishes, but a lot of, uh, certainly a lot of misogyny and a lot of mm-hmm. weirdness th- about insulting women. Yeah, and, you know, a lot ev- of revenge fantasies. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes from this intense sexual frustration yeah. that a lot of boys feel from, you know, 13, 14 till whenever, mm-hmm. whenever they're, you know, they start having relationships. Yeah. Because there's, you know, we were talking earlier about this like mental shift, you know, and you said, you know, men are really dumb when they're horny and mm-hmm. they make bad. Well, I'll tell you what, a boy from 13 to like 30 mm-hmm. is constantly horny. Mm-hmm. There's like no let up, mm-hmm. you know? And as you know, now as I'm older, I look back on it. It's like, my God, you're, it's like being drunk for like 10 years <laughs> straight. You know, yeah. it's crazy. Mm. And so, 
Yeah, that that accumulated frustration, I think, really poisons the society in general. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the answer is to that, because we can't even get our, you know, basic sex education in check. But I think, you know, if we could do that, I think the next step would be to, you know, educate uh, boys and girls on porn, you know, because they're like a lot of it is, you know, very misogynistic and hateful from the outside in. Um, You know, I, I don't think people who have fantasies like that are necessarily misogynistic and hateful as a person. But, you know, when you're young and you're stumbling across that, like, it's hard to separate the two. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really important thing. I mean, it's beyond my generation. It's, you know, I grew up with like playboys in penthouse Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, by the time porn hit, I was already about 30, probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, not porn, uh, internet porn. Right, right. But yeah, kids now, like that's, that's hardcore stuff. There's yeah. some really intense stuff out there. And if you just Google anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wonder how that's, do you have any insights into how that's changing development of people? Do you, do you see any, um, is that yeah. what's making all these men in Portland? So pussyfied? What, what is, <laughs> what is up now? Here you are, you know, do, professional dominatrix, uh-huh. uh, humiliatrix. What is up with dudes in Portland? Pretty passive, huh? Did you read that essay? Some some woman wrote a blog. I don't remember her name, but she wrote this thing, like, you know, saying, "Hey, look, when I was a kid, a man with a beard could like fix the car, <laughs> chop wood, you know, put a new roof on the garage." Yeah. These now they're, guys are canning your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like raising what? chickens in the backyard. You're a fucking barista, man. Lose the beard, you know. You you, yeah. you file your nails. What the hell? Yeah, it's a funny it's a funny city. Yeah. Like the women seem more masculine than the men. I agree. Yeah, I think the women here are definitely more outspoken and yeah, and and the guys are pretty passive. Like I can tell just um you know, if I go out to a bar or whatever, like I almost never get hit on, which I like. That's actually really nice. But just comparing it to other parts of the world that I go to and I go out, you know, I, I definitely, you know, guys are much more um aggressive and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, having lived in Spain for 20 years, I come here and it's like, you know, where'd everyone's balls go? It's like (laughs) the land of the neutered. Yeah, it's different. I like it, though. I love Portland so much. There are exceptions. Those friends of mine living in Portland listening to this, you're exceptions. Of course. (laughs) I'm not talking about you. (laughs) But just the guys walking down the street, they've all got the big beards. Mm -hmm. They've all got the tattoos. And they're so gentle. And they're, yeah. Yeah. Well, gentle, you can be assertive and gentle at the same time. Can you? I think so, yeah. Yeah, you can be like, like for example, do you know Joe Rogan? Mm-hmm. He's a gentle guy. Really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. You wouldn't think it looking at him. Um, but, yeah, he's, um, I think he's, uh, how would I say this? He's He's sensitive to how he's affecting the people around him, so he tries to be... He's empathetic. Yeah, he's very empathetic, which to me that sort of gentle means... Maybe I'm I'm thinking of it wrongly, but you know, if you touch someone gently, it doesn't mean you're weak. Right. You could be very strong and still touch gently. Okay. You know, like yeah. a good masseur, right? They they feel mm-hmm. the the response. I used to be I used to do massage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a really you know you have a tough gig right now. I had a gig uh, doing a th- massage for uh, fashion models. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah, I specialized in the, the lingerie model. <laughs> How did you get that gig? <laughs> uh, 
I was breaking up with my ex-girlfriend who worked at a modeling agency. She mm -hmm. was a booker there. And we had a very amicable separation, um, so amicable that I was sort of like still semi-living mm -hmm. with her even after we'd broken up. And my stuff was there because I was traveling a lot at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, But I realized, like, this isn't cool. You know, I come home yeah. after two weeks and, you know, it just, she needs to move on. And so I need a place for my stuff. And, and she said, well, there's uh, this mansion uh, on the outskirts of Barcelona where uh, a lot of the models stay when they're in town for mm -hmm. shows or whatever. And uh, I'll give you the number. So I went out there and it's this big mansion, beautiful, surrounded by a wall and all these flowering trees and a swimming pool and a rose garden. It's just nice. beautiful place. I was like a compound. It was two buildings. Mm -hmm. And it was owned by this crazy old lady, Anna, who... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was funny, uh, Anna, and she had all these cats. She was one of those old ladies with like mm -hmm. nine cats, you know, and <laughs> always walked around with this white cream all over her face. Scary, what, crazy. What kind lady. of white cream? <laughs> I don't know what it did. Like I don't know if it was some. I don't oh, know. It's kinky. Yeah. No, she was. Uh, you know, she was like one. She was like um, one of those sort of old ladies who's really into fashion and mm -hmm. maybe like 40 years ago she hung out in that world or you know was yeah. a clothing designer or something and now she's just a crazy eccentric old rich lady uh -huh. and so she had this mansion and she turned it into um studio apartments mm -hmm. and uh so she said i could live there so i rented an apartment and i was the only steady person who lived there mm -hmm. all the time i lived there for three years oh wow and the models used to come, you know, mm -hmm. do for a week, you know, do the shows in Barcelona. They did the circuit. It was Barcelona, Milan, mm -hmm. Paris, New York, Miami. You know, they would just sort mm -hmm. of cruise around. So, yeah, I met a lot of models there. I did my master's thesis on the psychological profile of fashion models. Really? Yeah, because I gave them all these little questionnaires and, uh -huh. you know, used that for my master's thesis. And, um yeah, I used to sell them weed and uh -huh. give them massages. And I had all sorts of, you know... Like you, I was like playing the angles, you know. Yeah. This friend of mine came to visit one time, and after about a week, he said, "You know, Chris, you treat models the way the Lakota treat the buffalo. Nothing goes to waste." <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> wow, that's quite a gig. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. The massage thing happened because I was working in this hospital in the oncology department, and teaching English actually to the oncologists and I was doing some research with them and um, you know I mentioned that uh, massage was very good uh, for boosting immune response mm. and you know and one of the one day one of the doctors said well you know you mentioned you've done massage therapy you know what do you think about working with some of my patients mm -hmm. I said, yeah of course so I set up a massage table at my place, and mm -hmm. they'd come because it was right near the hospital. Mm -hmm. And they'd come by sometimes, and I'd do that. And then the the models were like, whoa, you do massage? Really? Mm -hmm. How much? And and I, I wasn't kidding. The lingerie models uh, are were particularly in you know good clients because they go out on these shoots and you don't know because you don't see it in the photograph but it can be freezing cold it can be mm. the middle of winter mm -hmm. and they're like standing in a swimming pool right. you know and they've got to do Half a bunch naked. of shots yeah. right and then they go and wrap up in a blanket until they set up the cameras again a different angle or whatever yeah. but they come back they're like they have muscle contractions all over the place uh, so uh, yeah that was a good gig that's cool uh, do you ever do the aishiatsu massage I think it's called shiatsu 
Oh, it's just shiatsu? Yeah. Is that what the one you Japanese. hang from the ceiling and massage with your feet? Oh, no. Oh, that's oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is that where where you like hang from a mm-hmm. bar and control your weight. Yeah. Um, no, shiatsu is just, maybe I shiatsu. I don't know if that's yeah, a different like style. That, yeah. But shiatsu refers to acupressure. Okay. Somebody's car alarm is going off. Yeah. That's pretty irritating. Here, let's take it. We'll take a break while that's... All right, we're back. That car alarm finally went off. Thieves ran away. Mm-hmm. We'll hear the police we sirens. We did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we sat here. Um, all right. So what am I? What am I missing? Oh, I was. I wanted to ask you about the game. You ever read that book? Um. So the pickup artist stuff. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit the other yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read it, but I've. Um. I used to watch that show that they had with mystery. Uh, mystery i interviewed a woman for this podcast who went out with mystery for a while oh really yeah yeah so and i guess that was all about pickup artist techniques and um yeah i see ads for it here and there they're always like super misogynistic ads just you know commodifying like picking up women and stuff. yeah but um well that's what i was thinking because it's sort of like a flip of the power dynamic mm-hmm. right because that's all about getting the upper hand over women yeah using these proven psychological techniques yeah but that's about kind of almost tricking them though too like me i i'm pretty upfront. like i'm not pretending mm. i mean I, I am kind of in a sense but i'm not um i'm not like luring anyone in in a manipulative way i'm very upfront that you know i think you're a piece of shit and your penis is garbage and i'm gonna take your money and if guys like that they can find me so do you have you any plans to like branch out into other realms Sure, I, I I could see myself getting more into the production side of things. I, I mean, that's what I do now. I you know I, I shoot all my own videos, so but it's all like on a tripod. It's not you know anything all that advanced. But um, so you're alone in a room when mm-hmm. you do these videos. Yep, and you're projecting. You're, you're imagining a particular kind of guy who's there that yeah, you're talking pretty much. to. Yeah, right. I just. I pretend the camera's a person right. and I talk to them. So. so is that liberating for you in any way? Um, I think the money I make from it is very liberating. Yeah, no, I mean psychologically, the, the uh, like being in character. Is that uh, a comfortable place to be? You said you get there when you're drinking a little bit sometimes. <laughs> I think it's fun. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't know if I would say liberating, but... Um, See, I see it as like a performance art, mm. you know? I get a kick out of it. Do you it. feel any psychological impulse toward submissiveness as a way to balance it? No, not really, but um, no. Because they often say that a lot of the the clients for dominatrixes or... Is there a plural for dominatrix that I'm missing? You know, I don't know either. I, I always feel awkward as yeah. dominatrixes. I don't know. Um, you know, they say that the the typical client is some powerful guy, some, you know, yeah, Wall Street guy. Yeah, I think guy. that's bullshit. Really? I, yeah, I, I hear that all the time. It's always, yeah, these guys are always CEOs or whatever. And I think it's all walks of life. Like, really? Yeah, I mean, at least the guys that I deal with, like, it's, you know, yeah, some of them are in powerful positions and some of them are making minimum wage and... Um, yeah, I, I don't think that's true. 
Oh, a dude making minimum wage is paying you a hundred bucks for your piss. Really? <laughs> well, no, they're not really? paying that much. No, uh, they're they're have, buying they're like buying a seven dollar video or something like that. Do you that. have a sliding scale? No, God, no. But like, I get asked that all the time. I get I get a lot of guys asking for student discounts. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, but again, it's that whole Hall of Mirrors thing. Like maybe that's just his way of getting off on you saying "fuck no." That's true. Yeah, you idiot. Yeah, it's it's hard to really know. Like, uh, you know, people always ask me on different insights on these guys. It's like I don't know. I, I take everything they say with a grain of salt. You know. Because I'm usually dealing with them when they're aroused. Right. So, yeah. Right. So where do you where do you see life taking you? Oh, that's a good question. Um. Well, let's see. Not that you're going to have much choice in the matter. Right. But you do. <laughs> I mean, I I look at life as I think people a fundamental mistake that people make uh-huh. is that they think life is a lake. And they can swim wherever they want. Mm-hmm. But life is a river. Mm. You're going down the river along with the rest of us. You can swim toward the left bank. You can swim toward the right bank. But if you're swimming, if you're trying to swim upstream, that is you're resisting aging, uh-huh. you're not going to see the rocks coming. Mm. So I think the trick is you turn and face downstream so uh-huh. you can see the dangers coming at you. And you exercise what control you can, uh-huh. which is minimal because you're going downstream anyway. Wow, but, that's a really comforting metaphor because I always feel like, um, I don't know, that kind of touches on like the burden of choice, you know, when you have too many choices, it's, mm. it's gets, you, you get anxiety and you're, you know, you worry about like, you know, no matter what you choose, you're not going to feel good about it because you're going to wonder if you should have chose something else. Yeah, I think so. the, the choices are far more limited than most people That's Yeah, that's, that's oddly comforting to me, actually. Um so where will this lead me? Um, like I said, I, I, I really, I like the, I like this industry. I like, um, I like what I do. Um, it's contingent upon me being young and beautiful and that won't last forever. So, um, but I, I do see myself getting in more of the production side and working on that. Um, but that's a little, uh, scary or, or, um, unpredictable because the way we consume porn and technology changes all the time so yeah. i don't know maybe in in 10 years we're all having sex with sex robots and that i can't really do much with but um but yeah i see myself being involved in this industry in one way or another um i also really like to write um and i want to eventually write a book on my experiences here's um, something for you hmm. i've got a friend in la yeah who was my talent agent for a while when mm-hmm. I was um, flirting with these TV production companies and stuff. Really nice guy. Very, and we've become friends. And since then he quit. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't work at the talent agency anymore. He's a, he's a big executive at some big communications company, media company. And uh, he's, you know, he's got a pretty, uh, well, he's not, I wouldn't say conventional, but he's married, he's got kids, mm-hmm. you know, he's a very open-minded, intelligent guy, but, you know, so sometimes I, you know, throw him stuff just because I know he'll be amused, mm-hmm. you know, so I sent him a thing, I said, hey, I'm going to be interviewing this woman tomorrow, check out her website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what <laughs> like, I just want to see, like, you know, your website on his computer at work, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... So he wrote me back, you know, something like, you know, never a dull moment with you. And then he said, um, by the way, there's a TV show in this. Ask her if she's into it. 
Like a reality show? Oh, I wouldn't want to do a reality show. I am being featured on... They're, um, they're doing like a reboot of uh, Real Sex. Did you ever watch that? I've seen one or two episodes. They're, are they redoing that on HBO? Yeah, and they've they've released the pilot. It's called Sex Now, and it's uh, more about like sex and the internet, you know? Mm. And they've, they've really like redone it. It looks nothing like the original. And... I'm sprinkled throughout the pilot. Like, they just kind of use my image to kind of sex it up, I guess. Um, but the whole first episode's mostly about just regular cam girls. Anyways, the series got picked up, and um, the two guys that uh, are were producing it wanted to do the second episode all about, like, humiliation and fetish. And so they flew out here and did, like, shot this whole segment. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing, like, it's all, like, cinematic and beautiful, so... I think that'll be pretty cool. I'm a little wary of reality shows, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not that I'm an expert on any of this, but my advice would be don't do anything unless you have creative control. Exactly. Yeah. Because if, I mean, I'm talking to a guy just this morning. I, I met with this guy over breakfast to talk about doing, potentially doing a show about sexuality. Uh-huh. And the reason he captured my interest is that he's got a plan where we would own everything. Uh-huh. And, the you know, I think if it's going to be about sexuality, precisely because the culture is so fucked up around these issues, if you let any executive have any control, they're going to make a mess. Right. You know, they're going to make... They're going to turn into like a circus show. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be sleazy or... I met way back at the beginning, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but the one of the very first people I met with about the possibility of doing a TV show, this mm-hmm. is like two years ago, was one of the founders of HBO and he was one of the guys who did the real sex thing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, He's no longer with HBO. He got like a $300 million buyout, mm-hmm. you know, one of those guys. And uh, so I met with him in his office in New York, and he looked at the package I had in the sizzle reel and all this stuff. And he said, yeah, okay, well, you're good on TV, and this looks good, and I like the, you know, the episode summaries. Mm-hmm. But he said, this will never work mm-hmm. because your, your concept's wrong. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you can't make... Uh, a show about sex that's intelligent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Seriously, that's what he said. Wow. I said, what do you mean? He said, he said, if it's about sex, it's got to be either like dry scientific professor talking about insect penises mm-hmm. or it's got to be sweaty body slapping together. Mm. There's nothing in between. And we got into a, you know, a respectful argument. And, right. uh, you know, I, I said, I think you're wrong. I think that's exactly what the culture is hungry for yeah, right now. and what it needs. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, anyway, and then he, he said, name me one feature film in the last 10 years that was about sex. One good film. Uh-huh. And I, luckily, I thought of one. I said American Beauty. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. You're, you've seen that? Yeah, it's a great it's film. great film. Yeah. And he said, no, that's not about sex. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Wasn't everything about sex except sex, which is about power? Was that, yeah, that, that's that the, the, the psychologist <laughs> quote, right? Yeah. Everything. Well, the other line is everything's about sex except sex, which is about everything. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that version. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's an old psychologist quote. Huh. Um, all right, so w- w- did we finish where this is taking you? I feel like I interrupted oh, you there. Um, 
Yeah, the short answer is I don't know. Hey, we'll that's see. the only honest answer. Um, yeah, I, I'm really just trying to seize what I have right now and, and just make as much money as possible and save as much as possible and Good for pay you. off my house as soon as possible. So that's kind of my goal right now, just to kind of set myself up so that, you know, when it is time to move on. I have a good cushion. You ever been to Thailand? I am actually going to go to Thailand for the first time this December. Oh, yeah. Nice. You yeah. going to the islands? Or where are you I'm going? not sure yet. I ha- I have, oh. Yeah, this is just uh, a plan in my head at the moment. But um, yeah, I still need to buy tickets. I still need to talk to people who have gone and kind of figure out what my plan is. Well, you can talk to me. I've spent a lot of time in Thailand. Yeah. And I have a couple of friends who live in different parts of the country right now. Oh, cool. Um, but what I was going to say about Thailand, you, you just reminded me of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, what we would call prostitution going on in Thailand right mm-hmm. now. Some of it is just straight up prostitution, mm-hmm. you know, 50 bucks for this or 100 bucks for that. Sure. Um, but most of it is um, you get to Thailand. And I've never done this, but I've spent enough time there that I know how it works. You get to Thailand and, you know, there are lots of women, university students or, you know, whatever, who are smart, speak English. Um, and are not going to marry a Thai guy Mm -hmm. because marry a Thai guy is pretty bad news for most of them. Why? Because they're very misogynistic. You're a wife. You're nothing else. Mm -hmm. You're just going to take care of the babies. You're never going to travel anywhere. Mm -hmm. You're not going to talk about books or films or the world. You're just going to, you know, work for that guy, right? Yeah. So a lot of women in Thailand, particularly the smarter women, Uh say... Fuck it, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I can, you know, have boyfriends mm-hmm. from other parts of the world. They're here for a few weeks, a few months. And what happens is that they travel together. Mm-hmm. So you're a guy, you meet a woman, you like her, she's great. Mm-hmm. You're having sex with her. You travel around the country. At some point, she, by the way, she's translating, she's getting you much cheaper rates on rooms and mm-hmm. food and all that because you're not paying the typical foreigner rates, right? Mm-hmm. And at some point, you cruise through the town where she's from and mm-hmm. you meet her parents and her family and whatever. And at some point, you'll notice like, hmm, mom needs a new refrigerator, mm-hmm. right? Or that stove is looking kind of... And hmm. you buy a gift for the family. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever asks you for anything. Mm-hmm. You offer it. They accept it. And that's the only money that ever changes hands. Wow. Is there, right. a, like, a name for a woman who does that? Like, what do you call that? I don't know. Huh. I mean, a lot of people call them hookers. Yeah. But they're not hookers. Yeah. Right? I mean, at they're least in, not in the way we think of yeah, it. Yeah. It is basically exchanging sex for monetary goods. But well, it's exchanging sex and translation right, and guiding things. and, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, uh, at least in some of the cases, they do develop real friendships because this one guy... Same guy who taught me how to juggle, by the way, (laughs) who told me all this. I remember I was in uh, Nepal. This guy had ridden his motorcycle from Germany to Nepal. Uh And anyway, we we got to be friends, and and, uh, he had been to Thailand a lot, and he told me all this stuff. And, um, you know, he said every time he went to Thailand, he called the same woman Uh because they'd become friends, right? And if she was out with someone else, she would hook him up with one of her friends Uh because she knew he was cool and, you know, not dangerous or anything. Mm -hmm. So... My point was that the way you're handling this, like I'm going to pay off my house, you know, deal with this while I can, while I've got this windfall, reminds me of Thailand because a lot you'll find a lot of um, bars and restaurants and things 
are owned by single women, mm-hmm. like 40 and up, mm-hmm. um, because they're smart. Mm-hmm. They made a shitload of money. They buy a business and they're set for life. Mm. You know, but they'll never marry a Thai guy because right. once you go over that line in Thailand, that's it. You know, what, go over that level of success. No, well, there's that. Yeah, yeah I mean, because what's some Thai farmer gonna, you know? Yeah. But also just the no, like she's been sleeping with foreigners, ah, and so yeah, she's yeah, no yeah. longer, you know. Uh, Impure. Yeah, she's yeah. impure. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I wonder what they would make of your thing. I mean, it's... It's <laughs> wild. Does it interfere with your friendships with women? Uh, no, I don't think so. Why would you think it would? Well, I don't know. I mean, I could imagine some women would be judgmental and uh, sort of nasty about it. No, I, I, honestly, by and large, people have really positive reactions, both men and women. They just think it's awesome. I think it's great. Yeah. And I think that has to do with, you know, living in Portland, too. Ah, uh, that's true. Um, yeah. And just, you know, the type of people I hang out with. And so, right. you know, I mean, I'm sure it'd be a different story if I was, you know, in Oklahoma Salt Lake or City. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I totally get along with women. Lesbian women love what I do. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah. yeah. Screw those assholes. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of strippers are lesbians, too. I, I used know. To, yeah, yeah. That's true. I used to live with a stripper, and like half the women she introduced me to were lesbians. It seems to be the case with the uh, dominatrixes, too. Yeah, a lot of them are lesbians. I guess that helps also just not to take it seriously. Yeah. Because it's like, this has nothing it. to do with me, right. actually. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Well, listen, thank you for, for yeah. sharing all this. Uh, is there any obvious thing I've forgotten to ask you? Or uh, Go to my website. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ciara Lynch. C-E-A-R-A-L-Y-N-C-H dot com. Right. And I'll also put the link in the uh, the description of the episode and all that. Awesome. Cool, yeah. Go to SierraLynch.com and get dominated. Yeah. Get humiliated, you you pencil dick bastards. (laughs) Thanks. He said, baby, what's the big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you. Just because I want to What's the difference if you turn away I'm gonna die one day Why do you waste your time Thinking about your reputation Trying to meet an expectation Wondering what they're gonna say When everyone you ever know Said it for a headstone Soft touch, why don't you let it out to play? Your heart is in a bird cage, singing in your chest. You wanna shut it up or give it a rest? You're gonna die one day. Why do we waste our time? Think about an obligation, running from a confrontation, wondering what we ought to say.
Smoke alarms will dance into the ground.